are we at the stage where we know what makes us money and we need to optimize it? Or are we at stage of, okay, we've optimized it. Now we've got to either bring in additional revenue streams or increase prices or decrease expenses. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fun That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects Create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports, and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get into any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. Today's Friday. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. And because it's Friday, we're going to do follow along Friday where Theo Hicks, the co-host of follow along Friday with me and I go through all the stuff that we've got going on in our entrepreneurial endeavors. And today we're going to be talking about some takeaways that we got from this week's episodes and kind of our thoughts on a couple of them that will be helpful for you. So first off, hey, Theo, how's it going? I am doing well, enjoying this finally freezing cold weather over here in Cincinnati. So that's very enjoyable. Feet are freezing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's normal. So you've actually got yeah. some, some normal stuff happening with the weather. <laughs> Let's dive in. How do you want to approach today? What do we got so far? So the most interesting thing that struck me last week was from episode 835 with Max Maxwell, who's a wholesaler. And before he actually started his current wholesaling business, he was a property manager. But what was interesting is that he essentially got offered an opportunity to manage a multi-million dollar portfolio of multiple units of different apartments and different buildings. But he had zero property manage experience beforehand. But he just said yes. And he's very humble about it, but he figured it out and everything went smooth up until the crash. And so that Essentially, I looked at him as having a philosophy of saying yes to opportunities and figuring out the how later. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering, first of all, what your thoughts are on that philosophy? And then secondly, do you have any experiences in your business life or personal life or whatever where you've kind of applied this philosophy and things have worked out? 
I'm going to do something unexpected, and I didn't mention that I would do this, but I'm going to flip the table around. I'm going to ask you that question. What's your take on that philosophy, and do you have something that if you do embrace it that you are, you've practiced it and maybe tell us a story? Well, it was interesting because I'm doing this self-authoring program where essentially you kind of go through and select your whatever positive virtues that you have. And one of mine that I selected was I like to learn new things. And it has you go through and pick a story in your life where learning new things has had a positive benefit in your life. And so that kind of falls in the line of this philosophy. And I have a story that's fresh in my mind because I actually wrote about it yesterday. But it was kind of how I've gotten this gig with you that I have now because uh, prior to writing with you and, and working with you, I really have any understanding about podcasting or marketing or writing or how to make a book or how to do newsletters and, and so on and so forth because I have an engineering background. I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but I showed up to the, my first mastermind meetup group and you just happened to be looking for someone to help you out. I think at the time, we're asking someone to help you grow your podcast. I think it was mm-hmm. specific to the podcast. Yep. I remember I'm sitting there and I'm just like, huh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know nothing about podcasts. I don't <laughs> even listen to podcasts at this point. But I don't know why. It has this urge or this intuition to just be like, who cares? You just say yes and you'll figure out how to do it later. I mean, you got a degree in chemical engineering. It can't be too hard to figure out. And so I kind of just said yes. And again, it initially was just supposed to be me helping out the podcast. And then kind of one thing led to another. And now I'm co-hosting Friday podcast with this, going to get a ton of listeners on it. And we're going to have even more in-depth business interactions in the future. It's just crazy how that one tiny moment of just kind of saying yes to something I had no idea what was going to happen and no clue how to even do in the first place has led to so much. And so I guess the takeaway is whenever opportunities kind of arise and you have that intuition to do it, don't listen to the rationalizations that come afterwards of saying why you can't do it. Just kind of say yes and figure it out later. I guess to put an asterisk on that, that could be within reason. Like you don't want to lie and say you can do something that you can't. And I'm pretty sure I was pretty honest up front with what I could do. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I remember when we first started working together and it was for, I think, to submit this podcast and all the different podcast directories. That was one of the things. Mm -hmm. And you created a spreadsheet that if printed out, would be three miles long. I mean, just oh, yeah. so, comprehen- <laughs> so comprehensive. I was like, okay, I think we're on to something here. He's very detail-oriented, and he makes sure that whatever is supposed to be done gets done very thoroughly. And then after that, as you said, it just snowballed, and we're doing more and more stuff together, and you're starting to underwrite deals for my company, and then you know who knows. So... Lots of good stuff now as a result of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've written a book together. We're writing another book that's going to be out in about a month or two. All sorts of stuff. It was because you reached out to me afterwards, I think, and said, yeah, I'm interested. And I said, okay, cool. And I say my thoughts on it is that's my mentality as well. Starting out, I tended to say yes to opportunities and then figure it out later. What I will say is that the more established I become, the less likely I am to say yes to everything because Mm -hmm. my time gets fragmented and 
my focus consequently it gets fragmented and it just it's not a good thing now that i have the podcast business i've got most importantly the multifamily syndication business i've got a client program which is also right up there with multifamily syndication in terms of priorities for me because of those businesses i really need to focus on spending my time wisely and i think as for the best ever listeners perhaps think through where you are in your stage, your business cycle. And I know we can be honest with ourselves and have good self-reflection if we really think about where are we at in our business cycle and are we at the stage where we are still experiencing and testing out what makes us money or are we at the stage where we know what makes us money and we need to optimize it or are we at stage of, okay, we've optimized it, now we've got to either bring in additional revenue streams or increase prices or decrease expenses. And I think depending on what stage we're at determines if we should jump in with both feet on different opportunities because some point in the game you've got to be focused on optimizing but then at the beginning certainly be more focused on testing the waters like I did whenever I was at my advertising job I was sampling life experiences, doing improv. I did stand-up comedy. I taught a class in person on real estate investing on single-family homes. I was writing a book that still hasn't been published yet. I was doing my advertising job, and seems like there were a couple other things. But I was doing all these things, sampling different life experiences, saying yes to opportunities. But then ultimately, after I waded through everything, I was able to identify what I needed to spend my time on. And that's important because if you were to go to a meetup a week and take the same approach that you took with me, then you would fail with our relationship and you'd probably fail with all those relationships as well (laughs) because you're too scattered. So it's important to know where we're at and then make a conscious effort for if we should or shouldn't pursue an opportunity, regardless of if it's comfortable or uncomfortable or convenient or inconvenient. And one thing I want to say about the convenient or inconvenient part, when I speak at conferences, and this happens a lot at conferences, it happens in different scenarios too, like meetup groups, but conferences in particular, when I speak at conferences, always, always people will come up and they'll ask me, a bunch of really good questions, and then some questions I say, hey, I don't have that information in front of me. Like they'll ask for expenses on a particular deal or something else that I don't have memorized. And I'll tell them, feel free to email me and be happy to send it to you. And they don't. 95% of the time, they don't follow up after meeting me in person and asking me a bunch of questions that they were getting answers to. And what I've noticed is that it's human nature. And I'm guilty of this too, but I make a conscious effort not to do it. And I'm pretty good at it now, not doing it. And what the thing I'm talking about is when it is inconvenient for us to get answers to something, we tend not to do it. But when it's convenient for us, for example, if we're talking to a speaker at a conference, get answers, get answers, okay, great, I'm pumped up, 
But then I go home and then I don't actually write an email to follow up with that person about that one thing. And that's what separates the winners and the losers, quite frankly, or at least the good and the outstanding people. The people who are outstanding do what they need to do when it is inconvenient for them. And it goes back to what we were talking about just a second ago with saying yes and then following up and then doing things even though it might not be natural to you initially because you're not accustomed to doing it and perhaps it's inconvenient, but you're still doing it. And there's two takeaways in my mind with this conversation. One is that depending on where you're at in your business cycle, if you're at the discovery stage or you're still not fully optimized, then say yes to opportunities more so than you would otherwise. But then the second is follow up on those opportunities even when it's inconvenient for you because for whatever reason, the way either humans are wired or perhaps how society is now with instant gratification, we will fire away tons of questions at people when we're right in front of their face or when it's convenient. But if I simply do one roadblock, and not even a roadblock, just a little speed bump, if I just put a little speed bump there and I say, hey, follow up with me afterwards, 90, 95% of people don't because it's no longer convenient for them. They're no longer able to easily ask something. And it's ridiculous but there are these small things like that that really separate the good and the outstanding, not only investors, but just business people in general. That's so key. And it's kind of reminding me, I actually was reading through Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans. I was reading through Tony Robbins' section just because I was trying to think of maybe I could find something there that we could talk about. And what you said about that, not following up and doing things that are inconvenient for you kind of reminds me of this passage he has in here talking about it's kind of similar about suffering the quote is the reason you're suffering is you're focused on yourself and in this sense i don't think of it as suffering as in like me being the person being sad or upset about something but it's suffering in a sense of their career growth i guess would be the right term for my example if i would have been focused on myself when i went to the mastermind meetup I would have suffered because I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't even say be inconvenienced, but I wouldn't have had the, the sense to help you out because when I'm kind of thinking back of why I decided to do it and why I got so into it is because I wasn't really focused on myself and how this was going to work out for me. I just didn't really care, really. I don't know why. I just didn't. I was focused on just trying to impress you and help you out in your business. And so that's why I was able to do what some people might say inconvenient and make a three mile long spreadsheet recording all the comments that you've gotten on your blog post. And so I think that concept of whenever you're focusing on yourself is when you're most likely going to not only suffer mentally, but also suffer in regards to growing in relationships or growing in business and missing opportunities and not being willing to do the things and make the sacrifice that you need to make in order to truly grow. Yeah. I'll tell you one way that I have messed up in that regard. When I attended the family office conference that Richard Wilson put on almost exactly this time last year, my whole focus when I go to conferences is to make one new friend a day at most 
and at minimum one new friend, period. And that's it. That's my primary goal. Unless I have clients who are coming there, then my primary goal is to just continue to build a relationship with them, clients or investors, continue to build a relationship with them, and then make one new friend overall or at most one new friend a day. And that's it. That's all I'm there to do. If I learn stuff along the way, even better, which I likely will because I'm making a new friendship. So when I went to this conference in Miami last December, I came across a whole bunch of people. And I met a couple people that we sat at the same table all day, basically both days, and got to know them fairly well for as well as you can at a conference. I got their business cards. I even drove one of them to the airport. They shared a ride with my mm. business partner and I to the airport. I never followed up. I can't explain why I didn't follow up, but after a certain point of time, it was four months and the business card's right here. I'm like, why the hell have I not just gotten off my lazy butt and sent an email and said something, but I didn't and I still haven't and nor will I, I guess, because the time's kind of passed. So one solution to that is what I attempt to do and what I do, I'd say eight out of the 10 times when I am presented this situation, I email that person before I leave the conference. And usually <clears throat> I email the person when we're in a session, just to say, hey, really good connecting with you and blah, 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 whatever else we talked about or the next step was or call or whatever it was. I know that there's a couple schools of thought. One is wait to email the person after all the conference buzz and follow-ups and then catching up with your work whenever you get back. It has subsided and that's what Tim Ferriss recommends when he talked about how to master South by Southwest and networking there. But I would argue that it's just as easy, if not better and more effective, to connect with the person if you send them the email while you're actually at the conference. That way you've got an exchange going and you've already started a dialogue because most of the time when you're at a conference – you have spare time and you're checking your email whenever a presenter comes up and they suck. And you're like, <laughs> oh man, what am I going to do? Check my email. Someone's emailed me. What do I do? Check the internet. What's on ESPN? How's Texas Tech football doing? That's what I would be doing. And so if I got that email, then I would immediately reply and maybe we'd set something up and boom, you just got something accomplished. So set mm. ourselves up for success when something does appear to be inconvenient by immediately taking some form of action at that point in time so that later when it is inconvenient, we are already set up for success, either with a head start. You drafted the email, but you didn't send yet. So all you got to do is hit send and write another one-liner or whatever it is. And that's what Tony Robbins talks about. Speaking of Tony, he talks about that when you set goals too. Never leave the site of goal setting without doing something towards its achievement. That's what he talks about. And I wholeheartedly embrace that. Always, I'll say it the more positive way, always do something towards a goal after you set it. Immediately do something, whether it's a long-term goal or short-term goal. Maybe if it's a long-term goal, like I want to be a trillionaire, then share that goal with your significant other or with a close friend. 
And if you say something like that, then surely you're going to get some sort of response and boom, you've already started the motion. If it's a shorter term goal, then it'll be easier to do something towards the attainment. But that's a way that I have had a transgression against the philosophy of approaching things even when it's inconvenient. But I've also done it and I continue to do it eight out of 10 times, I'd say, and it's incredibly beneficial for your business. Yeah, I think also very important, especially if you're the kind of person, I'm like this to a degree, of where you get super excited in that moment and like you're super jacked up to email them or call them. But then if you don't do what you just said, then kind of like what happened to you, you just completely forget. And so I've definitely done that multiple times. And something else that you were saying about whenever you set a goal, make sure you always set the next step. An exercise that I started doing to kind of start conditioning myself to do that is every morning... And I got this from another chapter in Tim Ferriss' book. I feel like I'm a spoke person right now, but <laughs> I basically write down 10 ideas. They're just really anything. It's complete randomness. Like I think one of the ideas I wrote down was like, <laughs> this is really silly, but I wrote down, do the beauty and the beast, but reverse all the roles where all the people in the village are like candlesticks and clocks and beasts. And then everyone that's like in the castle are human beings. But that's really random things. So you make that one column, and the next column you put what? <laughs> what's – yes, very random. It's just what came up in my head. I don't know why I was thinking about that. And it got me started to get some other good ideas because I guess the philosophy is if you can't think of 10 ideas, you want to say, well, I'm going to do 20 ideas. Yeah. And so you just put anything, no matter how stupid it is, to kind of get that creativity flowing. And the next thing you want to do in the next column is put what's the next step I can do to implement this idea. Even if, you know, obviously I'm not going to write a movie or a book about the reverse Beauty and the Beast, but if I were to, what would be the next step that I would do? And then you do that 10 times every single day. And so that I'm sure that when moments like I meet someone at a conference and I get super jacked up and I want to make sure I get that next step going, then since I've been doing it every single day for weeks, months, and years, it'll be kind of fresh in my memory. I can pull from that and be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading that chapter. That's where Tim Ferriss talked about <laughs> he talked about how he couldn't come up with ideas and then he's like, Okay, screw it. I'm just gonna no holds barred, I'm gonna just come up with random stuff and one of his ideas was he could cut off both of his feet. <laughs> <laughs> but that led to maybe he should take a break from investing in startups. Mm. That was a whole life game changer thing. So yeah, I like that. And I like the whole column exercise. Very, very practical. Great stuff, my friend. Let's move on to what we've got going on in the business. And that is that we're actually closing on the deal in Dallas. We're supposed to close on it at the latest by the 29th of December. So it can be any time between now and then and that will be closing i'll keep you posted on that best ever listeners and by next time we talk we will have 200 more units in garland texas that we will be overseeing and doing asset management for and implementing our business plan so excited about that also on a personal note closing on a house with Colleen. We're closing on that December 28th. <laughs> so this is going to be a very busy time of the year for us. And then Theo and I are going to be doing, as I mentioned on a previous show, we're going to be doing Facebook Live for Follow Along Friday. We record these puppies earlier in the week 
and then the editor has to do his thing and get it up and then we got to get all the show notes and all that good stuff so we have to record it earlier in the week so the follow-along friday will be earlier in the week probably the second week of january is what we're going to aim for mm-hmm. for the first facebook live and that will be in my new home office and looking forward to testing that out and seeing what works and what doesn't work because I'm sure we'll come up with a lot of takeaways and it'll be a fun experience. So you can find that Facebook Live feed by going to my Facebook page, and that is facebook.com forward slash meet Joe Fairless, or just search my name in Facebook, Joe Fairless, and you'll see the business page and go ahead and like it if you haven't and we'll give you the date that we're actually recording it on the facebook page so you'll know exactly when to tune in if you want to any other feedback or thoughts that you want to talk about on today's episode deal no this was a really fun conversation cool where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you you guys can check out my blog theohicks.org where i post all the unplugged podcast episodes where i have different conversations with guests or I have solo podcasts where I talk about different techniques that I've discussed today on how to optimize the human experience. And best ever listeners, remember to go to besteverconference.com. I want to meet you in person and so do the other best ever presenters who are going to be there in Denver, Colorado, February 24th and 25th. Theo, you going to be there? I'm going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to Denver before. Theo's going to be there, and we've got a whole crew that's ready to take care of you whenever you attend the conference. So go to besteverconference.com and go check out those hip-hop videos, too, for all the speakers. You'll get a kick out of that. All right. hope you have a best-ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash bestever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash bestever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash bestever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.